Morning. I'm very happy to be here with you. Uh, I'm here with my brothers in Christ, Jonathan Layana and, and Joito, Jose Vasquez in the back. There is Jaime Medina and Pastor Cruz. So this morning uh, I will preach the Word of God. And I want you to know that I will speak in tongues. English is tongue for me, alright? My first language is Spanish, so English is my second, far away second language. <laughs> so this morning I will be preaching from the first Peter chapter one, verses three through five. First Peter chapter one, verses three through five. And you have on your bulletin the title of the sermon is Lasting Inheritance. We also will talk about the hope, the hope that we as a Christian have. Uh, there are many people who are looking for hope everywhere. They may find hope or, or think that they have hope on their family, their children, their job, their money, their property. But at the end, these, those hope will not last forever. Uh, family will die at some point. You're in some, when you get old, you won't work anymore. If you spend the money, well, it will go away. So there's not really an eternal hope here on earth. Our eternal hope is only in Jesus Christ. And our hope is found only in the second person of the Trinity, which is the Son of God. And I will talk this morning about this living hope, which bring, us, bring all Christians to this lasting inheritance. So if you please stand up and, and, and read with me 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And the word of God said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You may be seen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask you to bless us with your, with your word. Give us a humble heart to receive your teaching this morning. And let us understand that our joy or living, our living hope and our eternal inheritance is only found in Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have divided this sermon in three points. Three head points. Verse 3, uh, our hope is in the resurrection of Christ. Verse 4 is the point 2, our hope is in the inheritance we have through Christ. And in verse 4, and verse 5, 
is point three. Our hope is in the God's preserving work. So if we look at verse three, the Apostle Peter begin his this verse saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Peter is begin this verse with doxology. He's praising God, the Father of Jesus Christ. But a question that we have to to answer is why he's begin this portion of his letter with doxology. Why he's praising God. And I think he's praising God because of what he's going to tell us. Because of what he's going to teach us. Uh, he, will, he will talk about a living hope, a new, uh, a born again, uh, uh, inheritance that is eternal. So this fills the heart of the Apostle Paul in so way that he, he is blessing God. So and he wants his, his audience, his, his, the church, to understand that salvation, uh, the living hope and the inheritance is a, is a blessing. It's like when you come to church in your house, you're supposed to prepare your heart to come and worship God. And you know what you're going to find here in the church. You will find the Word of God. You will find God working in, 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 through the, the, the sacrament, the, the, pra- the prayers and the preaching of the Word. So you, your heart is prepared to bless God because of what you're going to do here in the church. And because you're going to hear God, uh, Christ's work in the cross, His life and His resurrection. So this caused the Christian to bless God the Father and, the, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity. So I think that Paul is, is, is trying to fill up the heart of the church with the blessing, with doxology. And doxology is something that, that the Christian uh, is pleased to do because please God. So we, we not only uh, pronounce or, or, or tell doxology in the church, but we have to live in doxology. We should in our house pronounce and think about doxology, blessing God for who He is and for, and for what He has done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think he's began his this portion blessing God because what he's talking about, uh, what he's going to talk about is big, is important for Christian. Is is bring us uh, bring to the Christian joy, hope. So think about that while we are. Uh, develop these other verses. So, in verse, uh, in the in the rest of verse three, uh, Paul um, Peter continues saying, "According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again." So, Peter bring to the church the new birth. He caused us to be born again. He caused us to, he gave us a new heart, a new nature, a new life. This, this is what God do with sinners through Jesus Christ. He's, he make us be a, a new person, a new, a new man, a new lady. He, he, he took all our heart, all, all our 
or stone heart, and he changes for a flesh heart. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He, he makes us new in Christ. And this teaching is, 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 uh, is found in, in, in John chapter 3, verse 1, when, when Nicodemus came to, to Jesus at night, and Nicodemus was a rule of the law. And he came to Jesus at night because he wanted affirmation. Maybe he was looking uh, for Jesus. That, that way that Jesus can tell Nicodemus that he's, he's safe. That because of all his knowledge, all he has done in his life, all his dedication to the, you, uh, to, the, to the law, he is able to go to heaven. But Jesus told him, no, 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 no. Your work doesn't matter here. Your knowledge is good, but don't save you. What saves you is to be born again. In, in John chapter 3 verse 1 said, Now there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the youth. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do Unless God is with him. Jesus answered him. Truly, truly, I say to you. Unless one is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So in these verses are, are, are linked with Ezekiel chapter 36. Where God talk about the change of heart, where God will change, we take away the, the heart of stone and will put a heart of flesh. And this heart of flesh is, is the heart that will love God, that will love His, His love, that will, that will make you able to love the church, that will make you a, 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 a new creature, a new person. So, and Peter is, is telling the church, God calls you to be born again. And we are not only are born again, but something comes with this new, new nature, new heart, new you. And Apostle Peter said, you will be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we have been born again we have been adopted as a, as a son and daughter of, of our Lord Jesus, of, of, of our Father in heaven. And now he's telling, you have a living hope. This living hope is important for Peter. Because this living hope cannot die. It's a permanent, internal hope. This hope is founded on the powerful and victorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does it mean? This means that before we came to Christ, before we put our faith in Christ, we didn't have hope. We didn't have any hope. The only hope, lasting hope, eternal hope, is in Christ. Without Jesus in life, we are walking without a permanent and living hope. We have changed our hope for many things here on earth. Romans chapter 1 verses 23 said, And change the glory of the corruptible God, incorruptible God, into the likeness of image of corruptible men, birds, four-footed animal, and creepy thing. 
So no matter your situation, no matter the, uh, the, what you're facing right now, no matter if you feel that you have hope or no, you, or you, don't, not, you don't not have hope, if you have Christ, you have a living hope. A hope that you cannot find in any place on earth. No job, no relationship, no money, no government. No nothing can give you a living hope. The living in eternal hope is only found in Christ, in His resurrection from the dead. The living hope is grounded in His resurrection. The living hope uh, is present in every Christian. So, also, no matter what you're facing right now, we cannot stop and give up. We, we should keep going or, or, uh, as a Christian, uh, no matter what you're facing, persecution or suffering. We have our everlasting hope. If Jesus Christ rose from the dead and He's in the uh, right hand of, our Lord, of, of God the Father, we have eternal hope. Our hope is because Christ is alive. Our hope cannot die. We have eternal hope. And what is the hope? If you're, if you're sick, if you, if you lost someone that you love, we have hope there also. No death, no nothing can separate from the, us from that hope. Even the, the, the loved one that you lost, the die, if he, if he died in Christ, you have a hope that you will see them again, you will see him or see her again. Because we have a living hope, a hope that is not only in this present life, but a hope that, uh, that is beyond, that is eternal. Because it's granted in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know the, the first question of the Hindenburg Catechism? In Spanish, uh, in English, said, uh, the, the question said, What is your only comfort in life and in death? Or in Spanish, if I translate it right from the Spanish, they, they put it, what is your only hope in life and in death? And I know there's some version that use hope. And the, and the answer is, that I am not my own, but belong body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And He has fully paid for all my sin with His precious blood. So we have a living hope, eternal hope, that nothing on earth can offer you. And also, we not only have a, a living hope, but this living hope brings us also to our inheritance. Second point of hope is in the inheritance we have through Christ. This inheritance is the end of our election. We have been called to be saved. We have been called by God to believe in Jesus Christ. We have been elect. And this election, uh, uh, because we are elect, we are being, we, we're gonna, uh, God can, will go to carry us into, re, to receive this inheritance. So the inheritance is through the union that comes in Christ Jesus. We are adopted and heirs of salvation. This inheritance comes only to the Son of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. 
Psalm 16, 5-6 said, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen from me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Romans 8, 16 and 17 said, The Spirit himself bear witness in our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heir, heir of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we, we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So the resurrection of Christ brings us to the, this inheritance. So this means that if we are outside of Christ, we don't have this inheritance. But we for sure have an inheritance. You will think, so what inheritance can, can a person will have outside of Christ? The inheritance in Adam. So we have been born... Uh, with this sinful nature. And we have been receiving this inheritance from Adam. The sin. We are inclined to sin outside of Jesus Christ. The Church Catechism. Westminster Church Catechism. Question 16 said. The old mankind fall at the first transgression. The answer. The covenant having been made with Adam. Not for himself alone. But also for his posterity. All mankind descending from him according to ordinary uh, generation, seen in him and fell with him in his first transgression. So, all people have inheritance. If you are outside of Christ, you're a sinner. That's your inheritance. You have a, a, a sinful nature. But if you are in Christ, you have an everlasting inheritance. You have a different inheritance, a blessing. Inheritance. Apostle Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 15.23. He said, for this corruptible must be uncorruptible. This comes from that inheritance from Adam. We need an incorruptible nature. We need an immortal body. And this body and this inheritance, eternal inheritance, is only found in our Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian not only receives a new living hope, but also in Christ's resurrection we receive an excellent inheritance. An inheritance that will last forever. And Apostle Peter in verse 4 said, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. First thing that Peter said that the inheritance is imperishable. How many of you has, have faced uh, inheritance problem with your family? This causes you a headache, right? And maybe you're, you're fighting for something in this area. You're fighting for the property. You're fighting for what your, your relative uh, had in life. You're fighting for money, for cars. Even there are some people that fight for property that they don't even know the condition of that property. And many people fight for the early inheritance. They don't think that in some point, well, inheritance is good, you know. If you never imagine that you will receive an email from your relative that leaves you a lot of money, I don't know where is your imagination. I think everyone has imagined receiving a great inheritance. Inheritance is good. But we have to think that, we have to know that 
early inheritance will not last forever. If you receive a new car, give that car 20, 30 years. It will be, won't work. You receive a property. You don't have a guarantee that will be there for the next hundred years. So people fight for inheritance. But in Jesus Christ, in His resurrection, we have an imperishable inheritance that is imperishable, indestructible, cannot decay. Also, Apostle Peter said that that inheritance is undefiled. What does this mean? That it's incorruptible. It's free, it's free from sin. It's pure. It's holy. Also, Apostle Peter said that the inheritance is unfading. Does not fade away. Our inheritance will never disappear or spy or wear out. Our inheritance is constant and sure. Our inheritance remains intact as we receive it. Brother, we have an inheritance that is, in, is not corruptible, is not polluted, and does not fade away. Why? Because it's founded also in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This adoption that we have been re- we receive in Christ is what will bring us to receive this inheritance. And what is the inheritance? What is this inheritance that will not fade away, that, we, that is eternal? Brother, the first question of our catechism is what is the chief end of man? Chief end of man is what? Is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. What is our inheritance? Our inheritance is that we are going to be with God forever. That we'll be, we are going to glorify Him forever. That we'll be in eternity with our God forever. That is our inheritance. It's eternal. It's holy. As a Christian, we know that our life here will not, is not forever. As a Christian, we, we are hungry for God. We, we want to be with God. We want to spend time with God. We want to glorify Him. That's what our inheritance is about. We are going to be with God forever. We are going to glorify Him forever. That's where our inheritance is. And you don't have to worry about losing this inheritance. You don't have other brothers or sisters that will, be, will fight to, to, to take away from you this inheritance. Why? Because this inheritance is preserved by God Himself. In verse 5 said, Who by God's powers are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Our hope is in God's preserving works. We are kept by God through faith. Faith is also faith is also a gift from God. It's a free grace. God in faith unite us to Christ. And one we are united to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there's nothing on earth that can separate us from Him. Paul in Romans 8, 38 to 39 said, 
for which I am sure that neither death, no life, no angel, no principality, no power, no what is present, no what is present, no what is to come, no high, no death, no any other creature thing will be able to separate separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus or Lord. Or inheriting is secure in Christ, or inheriting is secure by God. He's the one who makes you, who make you be born again. He's the one who gave you the living hope. So he's the one who will preserve his children. It's not depend on you. It's depend of the work of, of the perfect work of the Lord in the cross. Our Lord, our, our salvation is secure in Christ. Our salvation does not rest on our work or is maintained by our work, but on the fact that it's secure in Christ. God is the one who keep us, keep us close to Him. God is the one who maintains our salvation. God is the one who preserves us for Him. The Confession of Faith, Westminster Confession of Faith, the backbone or, 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 of the Presbyterianism. Chapter 17, paragraph 2 said, This perseverance, perseverance of the saints depend not upon their own free will, but upon the immutability of the decree of election, following from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father, upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding of the Spirit and of the seed of God with them, and the nature of the covenant of grace, from all which ariseth also the certainty and infallibility therefore. Brother, we are kept by God. We are preserved by God Himself. And in the, in the the last part of the verse 5, the Apostle Peter said, To faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. So Apostle Peter is saying, you are in God's hands. Your salvation is in God's hands. Your hope, your living, your living hope, your inheritance is in God's hands. He will take you secure to that last moment, to that last day, last time. So we can be sure, we can be uh, sure that God Himself will preserve us into the end. He will make us run the, the, the race unto the finish. He will take care of us until we arrive to our destination. Our salvation will be completed in this last time. When Christ returns for His church, when Christ comes again, we'll be, we will be there. Not because of our work, not because we were so smart or, or super holy, but we got, because God preserved us. And He will take us to that last day. Brothers, In Christ, we have found a new life. We have been receiving 
a living hope. And this living hope brings us to the inheritance that will last forever. So no matter what you're facing right now, let's look to Christ and the hope that He gave us. That's living hope. The living hope that we need in this life. The living hope that will take us to finish the race. Let us look at Jesus who has promised us that after this life, this life that is full of sin and suffering, we will joy the eternal, the eternal salvation with Him, eternal glory with Him. What we, have, what we have here in life is not our end. It's not our destination. The suffering that you are facing, the problem that you are facing, the sickness that you are facing, is not your final state. The suffering will not last forever. We're going to be carried into the eternal life. Where joy will be joyful, glorified, uh, glorifying God. Our final destination is with our Lord Jesus Christ. Will there not be more crying, no suffering, no persecution? If we read the first part of verse 6, six said, in, in this you rejoice, that now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So brother and sister, this is a great joy. This is what makes us to bless God, to, to pronounce doxology, the salvation that we have received in Christ. And the many gifts that we have received in this uh, redemption is not compared to anything that we can have here on earth. I will finish with this verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 said, What no eyes have seen, no ears hear, no other heart of man imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him. So let's rejoice in what we have received because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Father, who is in heaven, uh, I ask you to word through this imperfect English that your spirit may work in the heart of my brothers and sisters that may, they may rejoice in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That they may rejoice in the salvation that we have received by grace. That they may rejoice knowing that if we are in union with Christ, we have a lasting inheritance. This inheritance that will take us to joy God forever. In the eternal life. And we are waiting for that moment. We want that moment where we, without suffering, without sickness, without fighting with sin, we're going to be perfect and we're going to be in front of our Lord and, and glorify and praise Him forever. We're waiting for that. But while you come back, 
Please help us to put our hope in Christ, in the living hope. Help us to remind us, to, re- to remember us the inheritance that nobody can take away, that is secure in your hand. We pray in, our Lord, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.